enlighten, entertain, and empower you. We can talk about everything except police cases. I only work with the police directly pertaining to missing persons. If you have a police case, please contact me by email at Annette at closureforyou.com. Our lines are open at 646-652-2071. That's 646-652-2071, where you can ask our guest a question or ask for my psychic impressions about your life. Remember to give us your first name and only one question per caller. My guests will be authors and experts from the field of alternative health, artists, metaphysics, life coaches, psychologists, spirituality, astrology, paranormal phenomena, ghost hunting, plus live on-air psychic readings by yours truly. Life can be mysterious and challenging at times. So perhaps with the help of our guest and myself, we can shed a little white light on your life. Our guest today is Dr. Margaret Cochran, a well-known psychotherapist in Santa Clara. Dr. Co- Dr. Cochran has been an educator, author, and professional therapist for more than 28 years. Her dynamic and engaging approach has made her a sought after speaker in the areas of relationships, business dynamics, personal growth, and parenting. And over the years, Dr. Cochran's skills and no-nonsense style have helped people from every walk of life. Dr. Cochran's background and experience have given her a unique perspective from which to provide help, insight, and healing. And with graduate degrees in education, clinical social work, and transpersonal psychology, she has worked with a wide variety of clients, both individual and organizational. And Dr. Cochran has been featured in the media on both radio and television. She is also the host of the hit Internet talk show, Wisdom, Love, and Magic, which is currently number one on iTunes in the mental health category, so do look her up. With her many celebrity guests, she's discussed topics ranging from psychic phenomena to physics and everything in between. And now it gives me great pleasure to welcome my special guest, Dr. Margaret Cochran. Welcome, Dr. Cochran. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Annette, as always. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You know, it's such a treat, and we have so much fun talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said the lines were open, so let's do it. Absolutely. But first of all, you know, before we go to the lines, tell me a little bit about your background. Oh, well, where to begin? Um, <clears throat> well, my background, is, as you mentioned, is, is rather varied. I do a lot of different kinds of things. Um, I have um, a graduate degree in education, um, one in social work and, and one in, in psychology. So I can look at things from a number of different perspectives, and it gives me an opportunity to work with lots of different kinds of people. Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I bet it's very interesting. You know... You have described yourself as a psychotherapist, and, and that is kind of vague for people. So why don't you call yourself a psychologist or a social worker? Ah, well, I, I call myself a psychotherapist because I don't do one thing. It's definitely a, a merging and a blending of disciplines. 
And so, as I said, I'm, I'm able to offer um, kind of a unique perspective uh, on different things, and I can help people uh, from a lot of different angles. For example, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we can talk about school problems. We can talk about uh, difficulty, you know, in, in blending a family or in adopting a child. We can talk about depression. We can talk about anxiety. You know, a lot of different directions to go, and I don't limit myself to one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've noticed that most psychologists have a specialty. So do you have a specialty? Well, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think my specialty is probably fear which sounds a little odd, but mm-hmm. what it means is that <laughs> what it means is that and I'm sure you encounter this in your work as well. Uh, one of the the biggest things that that gets in people's way is being afraid about something. And often they have labeled their fear as something else. Like most people understand fear as when your heart's pounding and your mouth is dry and you know, you're absolutely panic-stricken. That's what they identify as fear. What they don't identify as fear often is avoidance or um, self-destructive patterns or sabotage, those are also signs of fear. And that can be in any piece of your life. It can be in the work world. It can be in your intimate relationship. It can be with your kids. So that's how I specialize in fear. It spreads out across a, a number of different issues. Well, I would think so, because a lot of the people that I do counsel, um, uh, what I find is that there's a great deal of fear about various things, and and sometimes people don't even recognize that they've got that fear there. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't see it. And, and when you don't recognize that something... Um, is ruling your life, it, it'll get you by the short hairs. You'll, you'll just feel like, you know, there's no option for you. And, of course, there always is, but it doesn't feel that way because, you know, when we're afraid about something, we, we kind of build a jail around ourselves. And we can spend a great deal of our time and energy constructing that jail. And we, we focus on, you know, the tensile strength of the bars and um, <clears throat> how, how tough the lock is. And, and we're so busy building that jail, or those defenses is what the jail's made of, around what we're afraid of, is that pretty soon we, we forget that we built the jail and we put ourselves in it, and we can't even hear the key to the door jangling in our pocket anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very true. I think so it's kind of, my, kind of my job, and your job too, to point out, you know, you built that jail, you can take it down, and, and by the way, the key's in your pocket. Yeah. You can walk out any time. I think that's good. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. One of the things that, that uh, in the kind of work that you do, I know that you have a great interest in the paranormal, mm-hmm. as I do, of course. And so how have you kind of wrapped that up into your practice, into all the different things that you do? I mean, because you are, uh, as a psychotherapist, you are not only the psychologist, but you're also a social worker, and you're a mentor, and you're sort of like a life coach for people. Mm-hmm. And where does all of the the paranormal come into that play? Well, it depends. Um, you know, the, the paranormal is a broad term If if you sort of dissect it, what you find is that para means part of. Unfortunately, the the connotation of the word, what people think about it meaning, is that it's separate from. So 
a big part of what I do is is help integrate that into people's lives. If someone, you know, believes that they've seen a ghost or, or something has happened to them that doesn't fit into their worldview or doesn't make sense in some way or they may be having a, a crisis of spirit about who they are or where they fit into the world, uh, that's something that um, I'm very comfortable talking about with people versus just talking about ego psychology, meaning, you know, was your mother mean to you and... Uh, did you have a bad experience in grade school? <laughs> right. <laughs> or both. Right. <laughs> oh. Well, I just want to let our listeners know that our lines are open at 646-652-2071. And you can ask our guest, Dr. Margaret Cochran, a question if you have any issues that are going on with you or if you would like to have a uh, question asked of me uh, that deals with your intuition, uh, you want to know whether you're going to be moving or not, or whether you're going to get that new job, you definitely can call in and ask us a question at 646-652-2071. Well, I have a couple of other things I'd like to ask you about. Is I I need to ask you about something. Oh, okay. Because you're an incredibly gifted psychic. How am I doing? (laughs) Am I okay? (laughs) Did you let me loose on your show? Do I have a a, a bill of good health? You know, actually you do, Dr. Cochran. Uh, I don't see, yes. The only thing is, you know, I get a little problems with your toes. My toes. Well, you know, that's, that's absolutely true. I, I, do, I broke um, my toe years ago. I have some arthritis in my big toe, and it hurts. Yes, I can feel that. Do you ever miss, do you ever get it wrong? <laughs> no, the answer is no. You are always right. That's why you're so wonderful to work with. You're, you're, so, good about, you're so good about zeroing in on physical things and psychological things, which is very cool because... Just like in my profession, a lot of people will say, no, I only deal with depression or I only do marriage and family stuff or I only, you know, do one thing or another. And you're, you are, are very much a, a skilled generalist in that you can look at a lot of different issues very skillfully. Um, because to look at my toe, it looks like a fine sort of toe. There's not any, you know, horrible lumps on it or big red swelly things or whatever, but it does hurt. Yes, I can feel the pain. That, that's one of the things that, you know, when I started out as a very young girl, actually at seven years old, um, my psychic uh, world sort of began by becoming a medical intuitive. And mm. <laughs> you can imagine being a young child and not really understanding what was really going on with me and how yeah. I could see inside people's bodies. That was really kind of strange. <laughs> Feeling other people's toes would be pretty doggone weird. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, well, <laughs> do you feel it in your, your toe? <laughs> do you feel it in your toe, or do you feel it my toe in your head? I feel your toe in my head, and sometimes oh, okay. I will feel it in my body. Uh, for years, I used to feel the pain, actually, of my clients, and it would only oh. last for maybe a minute or so, but yeah. I would definitely feel it. Wow. And so as the years have gone by, and I've done this for over 40 years, actually, that uh, that type of pain uh, doesn't occur anymore. And so now I will just sort of see it in the person and then yeah. kind of know what that pain is all about. So, so it sounds like your boundaries, your boundaries have kind of improved over time. 
You can keep yes. that separate from your physical self. I can, yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, that would be really, really hard to feel in your body, you know, the pain of someone else. I mean, I would guess in the beginning you, it would be hard even to tell is it your pain or is it the other person's pain. Well, exactly. And at first I wasn't quite sure, and I had to sort of sort that out, you know, as mm-hmm. being a young child, you know, oh, my gosh, what is this? What's wrong mm-hmm. with me? And the other th- interesting part that I saw was that uh, my clients would get disturbed if I was picking up their pain. Oh, yeah. It- That was very interesting, and so I put it out there, and I said, you know, I don't need to feel their pain. If you can show me where their pain is in their body, then that will be a lot easier for my client, and uh, it just sort of evolved and just sort of happened that way. Well, you know what, Dr. Cocker, we can talk about this a little bit more, but it's time for us to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about more things dealing with the type of work you do. All righty. Welcome back, folks, to Annette Martin's Paranormal World. We've been talking to Dr. Margaret Cochran. And, Dr. Cochran, we have a whole bunch of people on the line here that want to ask us questions. So let us go to the first caller, and her name is Flora from California. Hi, Flora. Hi, Annette. I'm so glad I got a chance to call in. Hi, Flora. (laughs) How are you today? I'm fine. Good. Did you have a question for us? Yes. um, My question pertains to my son. Um, I'm changing daycares with him. The daycare that I'm changing him out of, I felt like was not doing a good job. And so there's one that's still close to my job, and I just want to make sure that this switch will be a good switch for him. Can you give me the name of the daycare? Yes, the, the name of the daycare that he's leaving is called Lullaby 24-Hour Daycare, and the one that he's going to is called Tutor Time. Tutor Time. Oh, yeah, I feel that that's going to be good for him. I think that's going to be very good for him. I feel like they're going to be teaching him more uh, skills. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Have they told you about what they do, that they uh, are instructing the children on doing more things and, and kind of teaching them better skills? I think it's going to work out much, much better for you. Okay? Yes, um, I, I like, yes, I, I, we've we visited a, a few times, and so far it looks uh, very favorable. I mean, he likes it there. He, he immediately kind of started socializing with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a good move for him. I think it's going to be great. So go for it, Flora. Good luck with that, Flora. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. Bye-bye. And we have our next caller on the line. This is Kathy from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? I'm doing fine, thanks. Great. And do you have a question for Dr. Cochran and I? Yes, I wanted to see what you thought about um, my career, where it's going, and if I should be branching off into something else I'm looking at. Oh, okay, Kathy. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I kind of feel like what you're doing right now feels stale to me. 
that's kind of the word that I get. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it's definitely stale. <laughs> yeah, it just feels stale. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like, you know, you're saying, oh, my God, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing this. And so I would definitely say that you should branch off into something else that looks far more exciting. And it looks like there's people that you're going to be interacting with, and um, there, it just feels like there has a lot more excitement to it. I can't see exactly what it is, but it, it, it just feels like it's more alive than what you're doing right now. Will that be a good financial move for me? I mean, I know I'd be happier, but I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to make a living that way. I think that it will take a little bit for it to get moving and for it to uh, move along for you. But I feel that, you know, maybe 9, 10, 12 months down the road, it will start to bring in more money. Uh, in the beginning, it won't. It will take you a little time to, to really get it moving, but you will get it moving, and it will be fun for you. So what, kind I of job, what, what kind of job are you thinking about? Well, I have two little businesses on the side, and I just want to expand on those. One's a jewelry business, and one I work for a travel agency. Yeah, it feels like sales to me, and, and sales, as, as Annette points out, always has lead time involved. Do you have a cushion to kind of help you through while, while you're getting your sales numbers up? A little bit. Okay. Well, you just well, might, in terms of a practical kind of thing, you might want to think about um, what, because I know I, can, I really get that you're just sick to death of what you're doing, and we've all been there at some point or another, you know. But, yeah. but I want to make sure you have some backup so that while you're, you know, building your clientele and and getting people to to come to you, uh, that that you'll be okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Okay, Kathy, and I would definitely do both of them. Okay. Okay. Do both of them, and, and uh, but uh, you know, be patient with yourself because, like Dr. Cochran just said too, and I said that it's going to take you know between nine and twelve months for things to really get moving. But it will get moving, and you will like it. Okay. So and thank one you. more, one more thing, Kathy. I know you're feeling pretty burnt out right now, but. But your positive attitude, you do, have, you do have a warmth about you. Your positive attitude is what will draw people to you. Don't, don't let that, that burnout frustration thing get in the way or it will make it harder for, for people to come to you and work with you. Right. I think I've, I've been burned out too long, and it's, it's definitely not a good thing. Right. And, and that will get in That will make it. That will slow it down. Yeah. So eat dark chocolate. That's what I suggest. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, that's a great medicine, Kathy. I love that chocolate. <laughs> okay. Take care, Kathy. Thank that you. That was a little wine. <laughs> there, Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I love it. You know, and what we have to talk about, though, uh, Dr. Cochran, is dark chocolate. It can't yes. be the other milk chocolate. It has to be the no, dark no. chocolate. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you got to remember, dark chocolate is therapeutic. In fact, I'm thinking seriously of taking some for my toe. Thank you for mentioning that. There sure you it'll go. <laughs> it'll float down there and cheer. Well, if it won't fix my toe, it'll certainly make my brain happy. <laughs> that's great. Okay, we've got another caller on the line here. Uh, I believe her name is Teresa from Buffalo. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Annette. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Do you have a question for Dr. Cochran and I? 
Um, my question is, my father passed away when I was young, Aww. and some strange things um, occurred um, shortly after I moved into a new home, um, such as my laundry closet was downstairs, and I used to hang my clean clothes up in the laundry closet rather than carrying them, carrying them up the stairs to my bedroom. And one time my roommates and I um, went out to dinner and everyone that lived in the house was gone and I had left my laundry hanging in the laundry room. And when we came back home, my laundry was hanging on my bedroom doorknob. Another odd thing that happened was um, one morning we all woke up and our coffee maker, the the holder where you put the coffee grounds in had been taken out of the holder and overturned onto the kitchen counter, a, a wet filter with dirty coffee grounds just overturned onto the counter. <laughs> we just we just thought the, those were the weirdest things, and, and we couldn't figure it out. And I thought, gosh, I wonder if that's my dad letting me know that he's that he's in, a, in an okay place and, and not to worry. What was your dad's first name? Ronald. Ronald. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I immediately got that that is what was going on and that he was trying to uh, tell you that you have to take care of things and you're not to leave your laundry downstairs. <laughs> and also, you've got to clean out the coffee pot when you're finished with it. <laughs> well, I was very young at the time. I think I was 19 when this all happened, so... I probably did need a little extra direction at that time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that, that's what I feel that he was doing. He was trying to give you some help and, you know, help you along. I, I feel that uh, Ronald, your father, is just doing great. In fact, I'm covered with goosebumps. Uh, he was a very sweet man, and uh, he was worried about you, and he felt badly that he had to leave so soon. And so he does come back periodically, uh, to see you, but um, he's doing great, okay? But I'm wondering, too, that this happened many years ago, and, and I haven't, he hasn't come back since then, so I'm wondering why he would stop. Because he, that what happens uh, a great deal, Teresa, is that uh, once they know that you're doing okay, then they, they have things that they have to do. There, there are things that they're working on that they need to do to increase their knowledge about um, their soul's growth and what, what it is that they're supposed to do. And so they don't always come back, you know, all the time. If you were in trouble, if you had a, a big problem and you asked him to help you, then he would most definitely come back, I'm sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Teresa. Thank you for calling in. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. And I think we've got time for one more caller before we take our next break, Dr. Cochran. And what we've got is Cindy on the line from Loris, South Carolina. Oh. Okay. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hi. Do you have a question for Dr. Cochran and I? Yeah, I just wanted to find out if maybe um, you might be able to tell me if there's going to be some major changes in the next couple of years within um, kind of like the family dynamics and location of where we're at and uh, where we're going. Hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the family dynamics, and I'm getting a lot of uh, agitation. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing uh, a couple of people. Are these your children? Do you have a couple of children? I do. I do. Uh-huh. And I kind of get them being a little agitated. Okay? I'm okay. getting this agitation uh, and anxiety. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that um, they don't want to move, they don't want to make changes, but they really don't. Is there a boy that seems to be having more trouble than the girl? Uh, yes. Yeah, because I, I feel him, and I, I feel his, um, he's, he's got a few problems, Okay. Uh, And he, I get a lot of anxiety, and I think this is, you know, something maybe Dr. Cochran can help you with as well, because I feel that he's, um, there's a lot of things going on with him. I feel the body seems to be growing faster than the brain, and it's like there are, there's not a good connection between the brain and the body. Okay. Okay. And so he doesn't seem to be handling problems as well as he should be, a stress as well as he should be. And so I wouldn't um, make any big changes in your family right at the moment, and I would definitely okay. suggest that he get some counseling. Okay. 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 Would, you, so, would, you describe your son, would you describe your son as emotionally young for his age? Um, I'm not... I don't think so, um, not compared to other 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so think you he's think he handles stress? Normal. You think he handles stress the same way other 12-year-olds do? That I don't know. Um, I just really haven't noticed that much stress in, in his life uh-huh. yet, but maybe I'm missing something. Uh-huh. Well, you, were, you, were, you seem to be concerned about, are you thinking of moving physically? Moving to a different place? Uh, yeah, we within probably in the next couple of years, and it's not that far from where we're at, but we'll, it will be, be uh, where he changes schools. And that's the problem. Okay. First of all, you need to know, and I, I'm not telling you not to do this, but just so you are aware, okay. boys are emotionally younger than girls, and okay. they have a much more difficult time with change than girls do. And um, when a kid gets to junior high kind of age, junior high and high school, moving is extremely traumatic because their friends are so very important. And and they often have a lot of trouble with that. They'll stop performing in school and get kind of mopey and, you know, have a tough time. So if if this move is absolutely necessary, you know, for your survival and you have to do it, then you have Mm -hmm. to do it. But I I would certainly follow up with what Annette said and, and make sure that there's somebody outside the family that he can kind of talk to. Okay. Because kids, kids are really smart, you know. We think we, we will say things like, well, you know, it's okay to, to talk to me about this or that, but then we give the unspoken message, but I don't want to hear about that, you know. And they know. Yeah. They pick up on that stuff. So if the move is important to you and you have to do it, he's not necessarily going to want to talk in, a, in an in-depth way about, you know, how he's feeling, what's going on. He may just tell you he's mad or, or whatever. So having okay. that outside person okay. could be really helpful if you have to do it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the information. I appreciate it. And good luck. Okay. Thank you, thank Cindy. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, I think that was very good advice uh, to give to her, Dr. Cochran. It's hard for kids that age. They, they really have a tough time. 
It, it's very hard. And I, I felt all this great agitation there. So uh, hopefully, you know, she will get him to someone who he can talk to about this, mm-hmm. which I think would be good. You know, but I have another question for you. Okay? Yeah. And uh, what I'd like to ask you is, what do you think of psychics? <laughs> what do I think of... Oh, fine, put me on the spot. What do I think of psychics? I think, like in any other profession, there are really good ones and really not good ones. And, and the challenge to a consumer is to be able to know how to tell the difference. And how would you tell them to look for the differences? And, and how, how would you re- what would you recommend to them to do? Well, um, one of the ways to, to be able to tell is um, if the person, of course, will have a fee for their services, and that's fine. But if they ask you to give money to anything else, like, you know, I'm going to pray for you, you just have to give me some money to do that, or I'm going to light candles for you, you just have to give me some money for that. that that's, not, that's not legitimate. That's not okay. Um, a, a really good psychic will always tell you that, you know, whatever they see for you in the future is based on the decisions you're making now and the person that you are now, and you have the power to change that if you want to. Nothing's etched in stone, you know. We always have the power to change our future if we wish. Absolutely. Um, and, and the last thing is that is the information they're giving you making sense. Like my toe, you know, we were talking about. I said, so, Annette, how am I doing? And you said, well, I think your toe's not so good. Well, gosh darn it, it isn't, you know. So I, I know you're, you're tuned in. I mean, statistically, the chances of your guessing I have a bad toe are about 10 zillion to one. So, you know, that's, that's telling me that, that you're tuning in to me. It doesn't right. mean that, that, like a psychologist or any other professional, you might not misinterpret something once in a while. Everybody does that. We're only human. But generally, the things that you say are, are right on. They make perfect sense. And that's really, I think, the best way. That's also a good way to pick a doctor or, or a shrink as far as that goes. You know, do they make sense to you? Do, can you relate to them? Does it feel like they have your best interest at heart? Are they able to talk to you in a way that you can, you know, really understand where they're going? And the psychic the same way. Right. I, I think that that's very true. Very, very true. W- one of the things, uh, why don't you give out uh, your phone number or your web address so people can get in touch with you as well? Oh, sure. Um, anybody can find me at drcochran.com. That's drcochran, C-O-C-H-R-A-N.com. Very good. That's D-R-C-O-C-H-R-A-N.com. Okay. And I'll tell you what, you know, um, we're going to have to take another short break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about a book because I know that you have written a book. And let's talk a little bit about that. And also, oh, cool. okay. we want to share a little special thing with our listeners as to what we're going to be doing beginning next month. So do hold on if you're on the line, and we're going to be right back with Annette Martin's Psychic World. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Annette Martin, and we've been talking with Dr. Margaret Cochran and talking to some of our listeners who've been calling in. And I do believe, Dr. Cochran, we've got uh, someone here on the line. Her name is Natasha. Hello, Natasha. Do you have a question for us? 
Hi, yes, I do. Um, I wanted to know if you can tell me anything about upcoming romance and anything you can tell me about the person if you see anything for me. A coming romance? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Do you want like me to look into my... Out. When a romance is going to come towards you. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Sorry so, if I worded it all wrong. <laughs> so I need to look in my crystal ball and see what I can see for you. Okay. You know, I'm picking up, Natasha, that it's going to be a little bit longer before someone actually comes into your life. That, uh, yeah, I, I see someone maybe, it could be five or six months down the road before that happens. Okay? Okay. Okay. But don't don't give up, Natasha. Now, don't, 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 don't. I know you're discouraged, but don't lose hope. Because remember, the thing that will allow the guy to come into your life that you want is the energy that you put out. Right. So okay. the, the more comfortable and confident and secure you are, the more you're going to attract that man of your dreams. Okay. He'll be a lucky guy. <laughs> do you understand Thank that? You. <laughs> okay, Natasha. Yeah. yeah, I do. Thank you. Okay, great, honey. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. And we have another caller on the line. Uh, this is Woody. Hi, Woody. Hi, how you doing? Hi. Hi. Do you have a question for me or for Dr. Cochran? Yes. Um, just wanted to see any, like, changes from me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I hear a baby in the background. <laughs> do you have your phone yeah, on or your radio yeah, or something? On. Okay, no. do you have uh, Okay, there's a a baby I can hear in the background. Kinda... Not on your side, huh? Yeah, that was my daughter. <laughs> but oh, uh, I was wondering uh you seen like changes coming from me, like career wise. Any changes for you, career-wise? Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing it right away. Uh, I feel that it will be down the road a bit, but the problem is, Woody, is that I see you having to go after it. You have to go and look for another type of job. That's what I'm picking up. Yes, I'm I'm pursuing a career, and uh, I have a partnership. Uh, Pursuing a career in music, I just recently went down. Submitted um, demos to record labels and mm-hmm. performing on shows, stuff. So. Okay, but you have to go after it more. It, it's okay. like you're sitting back and waiting it for it to happen for you, and you've got to go out and start knocking on the doors. You've got to start looking for more work. And the more you look, the the more experience you'll get, the more people will know who you are, and the better your career will be. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you not like that part of your job, the the sales part, kind of going after new business? No, we do, I'm doing it. I'm doing. What I'm doing. That's what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm going out there networking. Uh-huh. Uh Just recently, just submitted some demos to record labels. I just recently did that. Um, so I've just been networking. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is your is your partner working too, or do you feel like you're doing it? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I know he was, he was performing in New York, uh, doing shows over there. Uh huh. Uh huh. So. Okay. Well, maybe you guys need to have a conversation. What do you think? Yeah, 
kind of sort some of that out, you know, who's doing what. Because um, it feels to me like you're kind of tired, a little bit discouraged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's important. This is an investment in yourself. It's really, really important that you stay on top of this. And if you're working with somebody that isn't working back, then you you may need to do something a little different. So communicate, okay. communicate, communicate. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, okay. I agree with that, Woody. Uh, I really agree with that. And so then, you know, if he's doing something and you're trying to do something, uh, but you just need to go out there more and knock on more doors, that's that's what I feel you need to do. Okay? Oh. You're a good man, okay. Woody. Don't don't get don't give up on yourself. Okay. Yep. Stay in the game. Okay. All right. Okay, Woody. Thank you so Thanks. much for calling in. Uh-huh. Bye bye. And I think we have uh, one more caller here, Kay from Myrtle Beach. Hello, Kay. Do you have a question? Hello, Annette. Hello. I do. Hello, Dr. Cochran, too. I do. I, Hi, Kay. It's more. I just want. Hey, Dr. Cochran. I just want to get your take on something that happened to me many years ago when I was 18 years old. Um, my mother died when I was seven. She committed suicide, but I didn't know oh, that so until sorry. I was 18. Oh, thank you. But, uh, yeah, she suffered from postpartum depression when she had my little sister, and she, you know, back uh, then they didn't have drugs for, for women like they do today. Right. But uh, when she, when I was 18, my dad never told us girls, I have two sisters, how our mother really died because he was worried that we wouldn't know how to take it. And when we all turned 18, each he took us, each one of us aside when we turned 18, and he told us the truth about our mom's death, which, mm-hmm. of course, was like reliving her death all over again. We all became, you know, very preoccupied with it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're 18, you're very curious, and um, I was with a bunch of friends, and we said, you know, one night, let's do a seance, like so many kids will do, and, you know, who should we bring back, Abraham Lincoln, John F. Kennedy, what are we going to do, and I said, I want to call my mother, so all of the kids sat around in a circle, and it was, you know, we had dark, maybe a couple candles burning, and I was not part of the circle, I sat in the circle, holding hands, and everyone was very serious. And I stood off on the side, and I said, and I was always really, at that point, worried about my mom. Like, was she burning in hell because she committed suicide? I was raised a Catholic, you know, that's what they teach mm-hmm. you. Or was she happy on the other side, or what was going on with her? And I stood off on the side, and they all were in the circle, and I said, Mommy, Mommy, are you happy? How are you, Mommy? Are you happy? And all of a sudden, almost you in unison, a lot of people got the same kind of image, and so did I. I saw a woman with in white, and why are they always in white? I don't know, but she was in white with dark hair, which my mother had dark hair, and she was shaking her head no. Now it's kind of like a foggy kind of, you know, cloudy image. And a lot of the other kids saw the same thing, shaking her head no. And it scared everybody, and everybody goes, oh, I want to stop, I want to stop, I don't want to do this anymore. And, I, and I've, ever since then, I've never done another science because I didn't want to do, participate in something like that. But what I always wondered was my what... What was my mother saying? Or Because enough of us saw this image that I feel like there was something there. Well, I kept asking my mother, are you happy? And the woman was shaking her head no. But my take on it was not that she was unhappy, but that it was, no, okay, you should not be doing this. So I'm just kind of curious to know if you've had any experience with things like that and what do you think might, I know nobody really knows what it meant, but I'd just like to hear what you think it might have meant. You go first, Annette. I, I have a uh, strong impression about that. <laughs> okay. 
what uh, I'm picking up is that your mother was telling that you should not be doing these seances. Mm-hmm. That uh, it was uh, too much for you children to be doing this, and that uh, it, it was. Uh, what I get was that your mother really didn't want you to know why she committed suicide, and she didn't want to answer any questions for you, and she just wanted you to know that this was not the right thing for you to be doing. Right. And so coming for all of you to see her is extraordinary. I mean, that is really extraordinary. And so that means that she was disturbed and she was very concerned about all of you doing this. And so it was enough to scare you. And as you said, you've never done a seance after that because it frightened no, you so much. No. Well, we let all, me, I mean, now that I, there are probably 15 kids. and I don't know that all 15 saw her, but maybe five or six or seven, maybe half the group. And, you know, and it was enough that everybody got really scared and said, let's stop, let's turn on the lights, let's not do this anymore. And we did, of course, <laughs> stop right away. And well, I've never five, done anything like it since. Even five or six is very extraordinary. I mean, that's, that's truly amazing. But what I want to say to you is that people are people, whether they're dead or whether they're alive. And you're her daughter, and you were doing something that wasn't good for you. And she showed up to say stop it. It doesn't mean that seances per se are bad, but you need to be with someone who's skilled and who understands how to um, deal with energies, and you guys didn't have that plan. You didn't know what to do. You were, you were no. you know, wandering into dangerous territory, and she was, like any good mom, she said, uh-uh, <laughs> cut it out. Yeah. That's enough for yeah. you, and fortunately, you listened, because, you know, it may not have just been her who came to visit, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Right. Okay, all right. Well, that was always my, my general impression, that it was her saying, no, I don't think it was her saying, no, I'm not happy. I, I thought always thought it was her saying, no, you shouldn't be doing this, too. But I, I was just curious since you deal with these things, yeah. Okay. But one more well, thing I want right. to say well, you, one more thing I want to say okay. before you go. Please talk to mm-hmm. your mom. She's always around. Think about her. Okay. Say hi. Don't, don't forget about her. Oh, I don't. I agree all right. That. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And tell her also, okay, that you understand why she did what she did, whatever it was. It was okay. okay, and it was her life. And that is something that we all have to really understand, is that we all have our own karma. We have our, our own process that we have to go through. And so if you choose to not stay and you choose not to take your life, that is part of your karma. And so we can't always put people down or be angry with them about that. We have to understand that that is something they needed to do for themselves. Ninety. I feel like, you know, I can't imagine what she must have been feeling that she would take her own life. And there was nothing, I mean, she had a wonderful husband who loved her, three beautiful children, nice home, no money problems, but she was so depressed, just a chemical imbalance that she couldn't deal with life. And I can't imagine what that must have been like for her. And I have only the sadness for her that she had to suffer that way. And I, 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 I don't have any feelings of anything but love for her and, you know, just compassion for her. And my father, you're a wonderful wonderful daughter. You're a wonderful daughter and an exceptional person because many people don't understand the depths of depression and how it it affects your prefrontal cortex so that your your reasoning and your logic goes away. And all you can see is despair and and blackness and 
um, it is all about chemicals. It's not anything about intention or, or wanting to leave you. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So you get points for okay, knowing well, that. Thank Good you, girl. Thank you very much, Kate, for calling in. And, you know, I had talked a little bit earlier that we have something very special to share with you. Because beginning next month, the first Wednesday of every month, Dr. Cochran and I are going to introduce a new program called PSI-cology, called Psychology. For years, you know, psychology has been only a one-sided science, just focusing on treating the clinician as a rational or left-brain functioning to identify and define and solve problems. Well, psychology changes all that, and this is something that we've been doing today on this show. Is uh, I do the psychic readings, and then Dr. Cochran puts in what she feels uh, is going on psychologically, and this is something we're going to be doing every first Wednesday of the month with Dr. Cochran and I. And I think it's going to be wonderful, and we do hope that you will call in and talk to us and save up your questions. And <laughs> you can also go into our chat room, or you can call us on the phone at 646-652-2071. So, you know, we are coming to the end of our show today. My goodness, this hour has just gone by so fast. I can't believe mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yep. Time flies when you're having fun, huh? It really does. And Dr. Cochran, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I will be talking with you the first Wednesday of every month, and I know it's just going to be a lot of fun and very enlightening for our listeners. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. This has been Annette Martin's Paranormal World, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network.